Happy New Year to you. That was what you call radio silence right there. <laughs> How are you doing? Welcome home, welcome back. So glad to see you. Um, we are uh, going to have a little bit of shift in the worship, so I'm going to use this as a chance to tell you uh, just a bit that right after the sermon, uh, we'll be having communion. So we'll do the sermon, we'll do communion, and then we'll pick up with the join the movement and the rest of the worship that way. Can you do that with me? The sermon and the communion go, go together, so we're going to do it that way. And we have amazing music today, special music, because um, Branch Woodman is back home, who's been away, and Tammy Petty singing solo today, and Tammy's sister-in-law, who's really her sister, Amy Petty, is also joining us today. So that, that they are here and that you are here is a blessing. So let's take a deep breath. And we'll continue to worship God as Tammy leads us in song. invited to stand as you are able and join me in the call to worship as you see the bolded words printed in your bulletin. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Lift up your eyes and look around. See in the light everywhere, light that can't be put out. Let us give thanks and praise for this ever-present light. Amen. Thank you. 
seated, everybody. Good morning once again. Uh, I'm Jackie Lewis. If you're new to us, I'm senior minister here. And on behalf of our family, I just want to thank you for coming, coming to church today. Happy New Year. It's already January 6th, and I can't take it. Yesterday was Christmas Eve, but here we are. If you're here for the very first time, would you raise your hand? I'd love if you'd keep your hands raised because we're auditioning preachers and we just want to know who you are. No. Keep your hands high, please, so our... Uh, Ushers can give you a card to let you know how to be in touch with us. Tell me where you're from. Shout out where you're from. Where are you from, sir? Hello. <laughs> That's my new friend, Rod Olson, who's here. Rod Coburn, who's doing an amazing work in the world on Vote for Common Good. Rod, thank you for coming. Where else are you from? Tell me where you're from. Brooklyn in the house. Where are you from? India. Fantastic, great. Please tell me, yes. Fort Green, Brooklyn. <laughs> yes, where are you from? Bronx, Bronx. yay. Berlin, thank you for coming. Who else am I missing? Yes, where are you guys from? Lower East Side, Lower East Side. All right. Well, wherever you're from, from as far away as Berlin and around the corner, we're so glad you could be with us today. And there are people at home watching us while they drink their coffee. Hello, and happy new year to you. Uh, just a couple of things to announce. Um, there are so many things already happening in January. I want to just point out a, a couple. One is that this coming week, um, Amanda and Kelly and Elaine are going to the border. Yeah. And when we do our benediction, we're going to lay hands on Amanda and Kelly and send them with wishes and blessings for this ongoing work we're doing. So, so impressed with the volunteer hours that our members are spending um, of, with the whole caravan movement, with the whole uh, sanctuary movement. We have helped bail people out. We have shown up in so many ways. I'm so proud of you, Middle Church. So we're going to take it down to the streets once again. So excited about that. And then secondly, um, coming right away, is uh, the Women's March. And we are going to be all over the place with the Women's March. Our wonderful Allie Palmer is going to be in Seneca Falls with the Women's March, with Betty is going Betty's going. Um, some of us are going to be here in Manhattan doing Women's March, and some of us are going to be in D.C. doing Women's March. And I get to speak this year, and I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited about that. Now, because we read the news and know the news, we understand that there is some um, controversy, some tension going on in the Women's March world. And that controversy is around um, 
Islam and anti-Semitism and how are we going to be a movement together? And I want you to know that we are also working on that with them. Uh, there's a meeting this week uh, with rabbis who've invited Linda Sarsour and Tamika to be with them and talk about what hurts? Where does it hurt? So we're going to be echoing Ruby Sales' question, where does it hurt? And I'll be there not moderating. I'll just be there being a part of the conversation and taking some middle revolutionary love with me. So will you say a prayer for all of that? Um, you know that I'm thinking we need to find ways to keep marching even when we have disagreements. So just I'm going to take, take, we'll take that with us, okay? Keep that in, in mind. And then it's King Day already on the 20th, and we are going to have um, a whole day of teaching. We'll worship twice. I'm so excited about the worship we've put together. And in between worship one and two, Ruby Sales will be here. She and I will be having a conversation about the transcendent leadership of Jesus and King called Where Do We Go From Here? So we're excited about that. After worship, there's gonna be some soul food, hello, which is its own kind of education. And the movie, The Rape of Reese Taylor, will be shown and talked about. So, amen? I'm so excited. Um, that's all for now. Uh, there's more to say, but I want us to be able to move on into this worship celebration. And I wanna just invite you to take a breath as we imagine um, how God is already present here. And Amanda's gonna lead us in a time of prayer. <clears throat> Thank you, Jackie. As Jackie said, we're going to move now into a time of prayer and reflection. And this time is so different than what the rest of our days and the rest of our weeks look like. It's so different than what society asks of us and demands of us every day. This is a time where we just sit with our silence, with our humanness, and with our Creator. And so I ask you now to find a posture of prayer <clears throat> and reflection that is comfortable for you and join me now in prayer. God, silence often makes us uncomfortable. It makes us hear things we don't always take time to hear, like small children's voices. God, even in our silence, help us know that you, Emmanuel, are with us. We find comfort in gathering again today with your people, in the closeness of our bodies, our heavy coats, our scarves and jackets, we are reminded how closely you hold us. On this day of epiphany, where God incarnate is revealed to us as Christ Jesus, May we stop and ask what it is you are revealing to us today. Last week, we saw the revelation of the most diverse Congress in history. <clears throat> more women, more Muslims, 
more Native Americans, more black and Latina, more trans, LGBTQ people in Congress than ever before. And God, we stop and give thanks, not because of their political party, but because of their diversity. Because that diversity is a reflection of you. With our gladness and full hearts, we also carry collective scars and evils of our country. For a government still shut down that is hurting our national parks, leaving your people without paychecks. We ask for forgiveness and for a new way forward. For the tragic death of seven-year-old Jasmine Barnes in Houston, shot last week sitting beside her mother and siblings, we deeply grieve with you and we pray for prophetic imagination to overcome hate and to pass sensible gun laws. Today, we pray also for those members of our middle family who are not with us, who are sick, who are caring for loved ones, or who couldn't just get out of bed. We pray they feel our love. We pray for our middle members who are retreating right now in Stony Point with Christina. And we continue to pray for all those, some of who we will meet this week at our southern border. Might we all in this new year ask what truths you are revealing to us. May we seek your light in all we say and do. And may we believe that your light has the power to transform this world. For all these things, we pray to you in your many names. Amen. Now, as you are comfortable, I invite you to stand to grab the hand of someone close to you as we recite the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. God's peace is a blessing to us, and it is a blessing that we can give each other. The peace of Christ be with you. Peace of Christ.
goodness, it's so good to be back home. Uh, welcome back from all your travels and everything. We're so happy to be home. Uh, I have the pleasure to introduce my sister, Amy, who uh, just sang this beautiful song called Beneath the Wing that her friend Tim Janis wrote. She sang it at Carnegie Hall, and it literally raised the roof of Carnegie. So I, I am just so pleased she can be here, and I hope you enjoy this beautiful song. And breathe. 
Amen. Feliz Año Nuevo, Middle. The scripture reading today comes from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem was with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned, warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The word of God for the people of God. Will you say a prayer with me, please? God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And we ask as we seek to hear a word from you, that the words of my mouth, that the meditations of all of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's amazing to come back to church at the beginning of January and still see our beautiful Christmas decorations. Isn't it stunning? The stars twinkling, the wreaths wrapping us, still smelling a bit of pine. I'm glad the dead poinsettias are gone. <coughs> but in, in Spanish-speaking countries, they call this Dia del Tres Reyes, the day of three kings. And we call this epiphany because epiphany means seeing of the light or light around or revelation. And there's this moment in time when the story in Matthew's gospel leads us to this place where we think about a baby being revealed to some more folks. Now, it's kind of natural in a way to take the Christmas stories that are in Luke's gospel and in Matthew's gospel and try to smash them together and make them one story. But it's just not really true. Luke is the one who's got angels showing up in Mary's room and angels singing from heaven. And Luke is the one who's got shepherds out in the fields going to find the baby. Um, that's Luke, women and angels. But Matthew's got something different. Matthew's got a, uh, 
a genealogy story. And those of you who were here Christmas Eve had the lovely pleasure of hearing me and Amanda and Christina read all those begats and all those weird names. But Matthew's genealogy is about telling us who Jesus is. You know, this baby, this one to be discovered, if you will, the one to be revealed, is born of a particular people in a particular time. They are Jewish people. It's a story that goes from Abraham being called out by God and told he's going to make a whole big nation with his old self, all the way to David, who's a bad king, tipping around on folks, making babies. Uh, true. But all the way from Abraham to David to Jesus, with lots of women in the story, Matthew tells the story to locate who it is. Then he continues in his gospel to talk about where he's from, because Matthew wants to make sure that we understand that this is the promised Messiah. So who he's from matters because the scripture said he's coming from Bethlehem. So Matthew wants to make sure we understand that though he was from Nazareth, which is in Galilee, which is in Palestine. All my friends who hate me to say, he from Palestine, he's from Palestine. From Nazareth in Galilee and Palestine, but moves to Bethlehem when being tax counted with his parents and is born there. Where he's from matters to Matthew because he's setting up a sermon that he's preaching through the whole gospel. And that sermon that he's preaching in the whole gospel is that this is a contest, a conflict between the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of our God. The kingdom of Herod and the kingdom uh, bequeathed to a little Palestinian Jewish baby by the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Leah, Rachel. Matthew is setting up a, a conflict that he's going to take all the way to Palm Sunday, where the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God are going to have a big old clash of values that leads to the crucifixion of this one called love. In the meantime, in the moment that John read for us so beautifully, Matthew isn't doing angels and shepherds. He's doing Herod the king and three folks who've been called kings, but who actually are not. They are magi. The word magi means magician, or wizard, or sorcerer, or dream interpreter, but not king. They are Persian or Babylonian wizards, astrologers. They make their living reading the stars and analyzing dreams and telling the future. They got tarot cards in their backpacks, if you will. These guys, these magi, are used to reading stars and look in the sky and see a star. And the star they see rises and guides them across lands until it stops over the house of Mary and Joseph. We're out of the, we're out of the manger now. Now they've, they've gone there, they've had the baby, they've pushed the baby out in a boil of hay, and now they are living in this town. And these wizards, 
from Persia travel across lands to get to this place where the star stops. Now, over all these centuries, um, scientists have tried to justify this story. You know, there was a, an asteroid. There was a, I don't know, whew, falling star. Maybe even a UFO. <laughs> Something that justifies this light. But Matthew isn't saying that, actually. Matthew's saying it's a miracle. It's a, an unusual, miraculous moment because the star is not going from east to west like most stars do, like all of the stars do because of the way the Earth turns. The star is going south to southwest. That doesn't happen. Matthew wants us to know. And this has happened and it's noteworthy. Now, why is it noteworthy? It's noteworthy because of the people who are looking, who are following the star. These are not Judean shepherds. They're not from the Jewish countryside. These are rich Persians, Babylonians, from faraway lands who were on a mission to find something, something, something they had heard about, something they had seen about, something they had wondered about that they saw in the stars that caught their imagination, that leads them all the way to a town called Bethlehem and the house of Mary and Joseph and Jesus. Who, what are they looking for? Even by the time Matthew writes this gospel, which doesn't happen until about the last third of the first century, by that time, the, the stories, the, the, the things that have been said by a disciple named Matthew are being captured by a writer named Matthew, maybe, a disciple of the disciple, Matthew, and there's already like a kind of desire to Christianize the story. What I mean by that is a little criticism of the sorcerers. You can kind of feel it. And the implication is those sorcerers, those Gentiles, those non-Jewish folk walked all the way, found star and stars there, and then they found the baby Jesus and sort of there's a sense that they converted or something. But they didn't. That's not what happened. What happened is that they were looking for something and the question, the existential angst, the, the desire they had for love or, or light or healing or hope or something magical, they happened to find in that place. And they found it in the place and their desires, their yearnings were answered, but they didn't change their stuff. Like they didn't stop being Persian wizards, is what I'm trying to say. They remained magic doers with tarot cards and spells. They stayed outside of the frame, even as they found the answer to the question. You hear the text, they go, they see the baby, they give the baby gifts, they give homage to the baby, and they go back home. They go back along their way. They don't show up at Herod to tell him where the kid lives. They just go back home. There's nothing really in the story that tells us that suddenly they became saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what I'm trying to say. Are you with me? They, they didn't suddenly become Jewish and get circumcised, nor did they suddenly become Christian and go, oh, and be filled and speak tongues. No, they just were wizards. They came as wizards and they left as wizards. <laughs> they came as magicians and they left as musicians. 
But this thing that they wanted, they found it. I like to think that they were transformed in the finding, in the seeking. They were looking for the baby, and they found the baby. And they got to stay themselves, if you will, as they encountered the baby. It was a human seeking of something, an answer to a question, a, a desire to be fulfilled, a, 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 a hoping for meaning, a, a leaning in for transformation. But they got to be themselves as they found it and they got to stay themselves as they had it and nobody made them jump through hoops or do confessionals or catechisms to get it, the thing they wanted. Are you tracking with me? It was easy-ish. I mean, they had to walk. <laughs> and there was a, a star, a light guiding. But they got it. And nobody tried to keep them out of it. Nobody tried to tell them they weren't good enough for it, holy enough to have it, Jesus-y enough to get it. Um, confess the right confessions enough to be worthy of it. They just got to have it because the light led them there. So it's a new year and a new day. And I, you know, was drinking wine and eating cheese in Paris. Amen. Amen. But yet I'm still thinking about you because I love you. And it's like that. And I was thinking, what is our New Year call? I don't know why my hair is doing that. What is our New Year resolution? What's our New Year intention? And I was thinking that our New Year intention is grounded in the last couple of things we did last year. I wish you could all read the emails that were in my inbox about Christmas Eve. I wish you could see the middle info notes that went to Ellen, and I wish you, maybe you have seen the stuff on Facebook and Twitter. Some of it is unkind, like as in what the hell. <laughs> but mostly, it's unbelievably affirming. People who couldn't get out of their houses that night, people who were stuck indoors, people who've not been to church in years, people who were put out of their churches because they were divorced, or they didn't say the right creed, or because they were gay, or because they were black. I've never seen a place like that. Who knew love could look like that? I've never seen a choir that mixed up. I've never seen a community, amen, I've never seen a community <laughs> that looked so much like the world. I've never heard music so transforming. I never heard a sermon so crazy town. I mean, so. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I never heard that. <laughs> That's not my point. That's not my point. Okay. 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 okay, thank you.
I never heard it said so simply that that was love in the manger. Now, I'm really proud that I got to say it was love in the manger, but I'm sad if nobody ever heard that before, <laughs> right? I'm proud that we got to say that's a brown Palestinian la la la, all the things about the baby, but I'm sad for anybody who doesn't know that that's true. Think of all the good news you've missed if you don't know that's true. Think about all the ways, all the people looking for the baby who've been looking for the wrong baby because they didn't hear those words before. Looking for the wrong baby. Looking for some baby that's like a, like a capitalist baby or like a... <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> some baby that's, you know, I don't know. Some white European baby, sorry, white people. Some, you know, some baby that like doesn't, because if you think that's the baby you're looking for, then you can shoot the brown babies. Just because their mommy went shopping at the Walmart. If you've been looking for that baby, if you were searching for that baby and hadn't heard about this baby called love, then you think it's okay to put other babies in cages because you just have been looking for the wrong baby. Understand what I'm saying? And those magi that were looking for the baby, they didn't have to like, be proof texted to find the baby. Like the baby wasn't withheld from them, is what I'm trying to say. So middle family, you move the world, man. Like a million people saw you being love, wrapped in flesh. Wow. And that just sets us up for hard work. <laughs> Dag on it. <laughs> Natalie was in my office bossing me around. Digi pastor, now we're going to have to grow a real digital community. Okay. <laughs> because those 70 people who wrote those personal letters are saying, where's the church like this? And we can't refer them to one like this. There's other ones that are amazing, but this is the church they want. So we're going to have to give it to them. Okay. We're going to have to do it. This is the kind, they want to be able to pray. They want to be able to sing. They want to be able to do activism. They want to know this God of love. They are looking for what the Magi were looking for, and we have to help them find it. Somebody say, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is not like the first sermon, huh, Branch and Tammy? Anyway. Um, this is the one I really wanted to say and didn't think I had time for this morning. <laughs> we have work to do. And we've already started it. You are the most stunningly generous, giving, badass, go down, let's go do it people in the world. And one thing I need, two things, three things I want you to do. <laughs> three things I want you to do. One thing I want you to do is anybody who didn't see the CBS show, I want you to share the links with them. That's just easy evangelism. And what I mean by that is not converting people to anything except love. Just, that's a conversion. You with that? Look at this, love. It's right there on the website. You don't have to think. Just boom, 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 and love. Go to track six and see glory. You know, just love. Okay? Can you do it? I don't feel convinced by you. Okay. Okay, good. Two, like us. 
I'm undercutting Natalie's talk. But like us, all the places. I don't know the places. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like us. So when we send something in the world, you can send it in the world. And we're promising to send more theological stuff in the world. Not just activism stuff in the world, but theological stuff in the world. That's Natalie bossing me around too this morning. But like, this is why. This is why. The Magi weren't kings, they were wizards, and God made space for the wizards. Do you see what I'm saying? God wasn't against astrology. Who said that God was against astrology? But some real good down-home theology so we can teach people how to love from a place of biblical strength. Because okay? the other Jesus that they put in the world, <laughs> they're putting out in the name of the Bible. So we want to put the counter-narrative of the love God in the context of the Bible. Are you with that? And the third thing I want you to do is to bring friends to church. We're crowded, so it can feel like there's not room. But see, there's room today. Because people at home, honey. <laughs> so I want you to think about bringing people to church who need to find this place. My neighbor's at church today. My new colleague, Rod's at church today. Who needs to come and find this place? Can you do that? Okay. Those are the three things for you to help them who are seeking the baby to find the baby. And what will you do for you? You are a student of the Holy One. I don't know that 15 minutes from me on Sunday morning is enough. It's good. But I wonder what else we can do together for us to be more studying the Holy. Will you think about that with us? Will you help Amanda think about that? Will you help Bertram think about that? Will you help me and Derek? Will you help us think about that? You have to tell me today, but I want you to tell me how we're going to study love together. And that's it. That's all I got. In a moment, we're going to go to the communion table. And when we get there, you know, when I was a young kid in the Presbyterian church, we used to say lots of words before we took communion. The great prayer of thanksgiving. The Lord be with you and also with you. We lift up our hearts and we lift them to the Lord. It is truly meet and right that we give God thanks and praise. I like those words-ish. <laughs> but I think those words sometimes set up barriers. So it's a simple liturgy today to invite you to come just as you are, as you came the door, to commune with the Holy One, with the loved one, the one who will take the wizards. The one who will take the wizards and the Wiccans the ones who'll take the atheists and the agnostics, the ones who'll take the Hoover Christians and the light Christians, the Christian lights, and the ones who'll take the Jews and the Buddhists and the Muslims, just exactly as they are. Because that one only requires love, period. Period. Amen. We're going to do this communion, and then we're going to talk later, Natalie. We're do, yeah, we're going to do communion first. We're just going to flow right to communion. Communion first, and then the rest, guys. That was an internal decision and did not communicate it widely enough. Far enough. <laughs> communion, and then the rest. And so here we are at the dawn of a new year, reflective, Seeking, worried, hopeful.
The story of God's intervention into human history is fresh in our minds, still on our lips. From Ur to Egypt, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and on to Jerusalem, God created a people and anointed a Jewish baby from Palestine as king. Not even knowing fully what they were looking for, poor Judean shepherds from the fields and wealthy magicians from Babylon and Persia came searching for that baby king, searching for the new reign he represented, your reign of peace, justice, healing, and wholeness. No matter who we love, how we look, how we make our living, no matter our past or our present, our creed or culture, what we have in common is our search for the light, our desire for love that will not let us go. You are that light. You are love. You are our peace. And so we gather at the table to meet you, reminded that as love and light made flesh, you broke bread with your students. This, your body, broken for us. When we eat it, we remember you. We know we are your body, broken, healing, yearning for you. As we eat, we are transformed. And this, this is the cup of blessing poured out for all of us. It's a new covenant wrought in the life of that little baby. And when we drink it, we are in that life. We live that life. We know we are life living with you in us, holy God, and we too are love made flesh. Use us to transform the world. Let us pray. Is not the cup of blessing that we bless a participation in the life of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? May it be so until all who seek your reign find it. Amen. Amen. So the ushers are going to help you now come and commune at this table. You are welcome just exactly as you are, as you came through the door, to come and eat this Passover meal, this meal with the risen one. Um, we're going to do it from the front to the back. It's going to be amazing the way it's going to work. And we can have the children and the little ones come first, and we go from the side to the center, and, and it's just about ready.
we'll have our offer time. I'm going to run to the middle. <laughs> um, I'm Natalie, in case we haven't done this already. I'm just going to keep doing it until you tell me that you know who I am. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am the digital minister um, in residence here at Middle Collegiate Church. Okay, all right. So if you've been tweeting with me or um, watching the Facebook live stream, hey guys! We have people from all over watching today. It's really cool. And there's like a whole bunch of people on the other live stream also on our webpage that don't talk to me, and that's fine. Hi. <laughs> I'm totally talking to you in the comment section. <laughs> um, okay, things. Um, I, I saw like how proud we all are of the work that we did um, on Christmas Eve, and I think it's really important work that needs to go out into the world. And um, of course that work needs our support. Um, it doesn't happen without all of us, and there are several ways that you, in which you can do that. Obviously, um, financial, we got to keep the lights on. Um, um, your time, if you have time to volunteer, there's so much to do here at Middle. Um, we are starting a digital ministry. We want people to have a community that they can call theirs, that this becomes a family. And so if you're on any of the social medias, or if you're not, get on them. <laughs> And go like our Facebook page, um, go follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on the YouTube page, everything from like the past, what, seven years is posted on there. You, listen, you will be lifted. So go and like these things and be in conversation with people that you probably will never ever see, but they're your family, they're your community. Um, we've gotten, I don't know, over 4,000 new followers. So we have 4,000 new family members. Go meet them, be in conversation with them. Um, so yeah, financially, your time, and we need you to be in prayer with us as we continue to reorder our steps this year um, for a love that transforms so that we can be present in what God is asking us to do. So as um, some beautiful music is going to happen and the ushers will come around, um, if you could do maybe one of those three things. Um, put some money in the little green bags that are coming by. Um, open your phone and make sure you're following us on all of our places. Or if there's something that we can be in prayer with you about, there's a little blue card in um, the pews. Fill it out, let us know how we can also be there with you, how we can hold each other. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you a child is born a son is given a son is given for unto us a child is born a son is given a son is given the Messiah oh to see him to see him high and lifted up shining in the A son is given, for 
unto us a child is born, a son is given, a son is given, the Messiah, oh, to see him, to see him high and lifted up, purpose. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
So they're watching us now, 4,000 or, I don't know, 12,000. I've got 12 and y'all got some. Hello. And they're seeking something. They're looking for something, right? They're looking for love, uh, for purpose, for meaning, something that transcends the mundane, something that makes us feel whole in the midst of brokenness, something that orders our steps, something that makes us feel like we can be one and do something about the crazy. We've got that. Makes me want to sing You've Got the Look or something to you. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> You've got the look. <laughs> You've got me hooked. You've shown up to be jamming in God's book. Okay, so having said that, you are light, middle family. And if you're here for the first time, you're already family. And you are the ones called by God to light the way to tomorrow. We have to do this together. I, I mean, we have to get busy with this, right? We can whine and complain and be angry, or we can really love our way out of this mess. And I'm really counting on us to love our way out of the mess. One of our little babies led communion today and his daddy used to have to carry him to the pulpit for him to do the message for all ages because he was that shy. Time changes things. Love changes things. Light changes things. Let's get busy. You show enough be heck of slamming in my book. Amen. Thank you.